again. Go, go, Rangers. Or I don't even know if Power that's right. Power Rangers. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I haven't watched that show since I went to Nancy's daycare. But the new Power Rangers movie that they came out with, fuck, it's probably like 10 years old now. But it's actually really good. I used to love Power Rangers and Captain Planet. Captain Planet was good. Oh my god, did you see they're coming out with a Mortal Kombat movie and it looks fucking bad. Oh, I did see that and I want to watch it. I'm so excited. I'm all hyped up on caffeinated drinks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've got caffeine and alcohol and vitamins. B vitamins. (laughs) Oh, yeah, all the good bees. <laughs> all the good bees. <laughs> the B vitamins are my favorite. <laughs> if only vodka started with a B. And D. I like vitamin D. Vitamin D. <laughs> vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of vitamin D. Why couldn't the witches have children? <gasps> why? Because their husbands had Halloweenies. what unlocks a haunted house hmm i don't know a spooky oh my god i should have known that (laughs) did you want more can't see two jokes I got a couple more this time, but I'll only tell two at a time. For your listening pleasure. Vitamin D. <laughs> Halloweenies. <laughs> They're the best kind of weenies. Yep. <laughs> no more babies. <laughs> Too drunk witches. How would I know if my house was haunted? How would you know if your house is haunted? I've got answers. All right. Well, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I get so excited that all these thoughts in my brain are just swirling around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go, Cassie, go. (laughs) Go, go, go. Have you ever had the feeling of being watched? Like that hair stands on the back of your neck, almost like a pressure on you? Like, you can feel somebody looking at you. I mean, you can feel that with physical people. But that's a sign when you just, Ooh. there's nobody around, but you just feel like you're being watched. And you get those goosebumps and, or chills, like you're walking into a cold spot. That could mean that your house is haunted or the house you're in is haunted. Or if somebody smacks a bowl of food out of your hand, you might have a haunted house. Yes. <laughs> Moving objects, that's definitely on my list. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She's getting there. (laughs) Yeah, we all know that inanimate objects, they don't move on their own. Yeah, not unless there's an earthquake, but we don't get those here, so. Well, no, because that's a force making it move. That's not something just moving because it wants to. True. So yeah, like doors opening, chandeliers swinging. Your dryer vent swinging around. Swinging around. Inanimate objects moving. Books should not fly off the shelves by themselves. They don't have wings. They could if you splayed the covers out and flap them around. Yeah, but you'd be making them do that. <laughs> you would be you would be the worst ghost to have. <laughs> I'd be so annoying. You would be. I would be too. I'd be sneaky and kind of mean. <laughs> I'll just flap your books around and hump your table. Table, you jump on it, crawl across it. I've done that. I always wanted to know what it was like to just crawl across the table at somebody. I was sitting across from my husband, and I just he stole a drink of my beer, and I was like, "Oh hell no!" And the thought in my head was that I was going to crawl across the table at him, but that's not how it happened. Uh, from his eyes, I 
elbow dropped the table and <laughs> elbow dropped it. <laughs> I really <laughs> wish that somebody had that on fucking camera. Me too. Cause I just, I just went to like jump on it like a freaking spider monkey to get on top of the table. And it just crack freaking broke. They're not built for that. No, I found that out. <laughs> so, I mean, if your table does that on its own, your house might be haunted by me. By an Amanda. <laughs> an Amanda spirit. <laughs> Another thing that could be an indication of a haunted house is personality changes. You've probably watched Ghost Adventures. And if you haven't, all I'm going to say is why. And I don't care what anybody says. I love Zach Bagans. Okay. Oh, yes. We love Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans is <laughs> We <cool>. love you. <laughs> My husband even, he messaged him before Valentine's Day on Instagram and he he wrote him a really nice message that was just like, all I want for my birthday and Valentine's Day is for you to send a message to my wife, literally anything. You could say anything to her and it'll just make her day. She loves you. (laughs) He never did message me and Greg's like, we can't watch him anymore. He didn't message (laughs) you. He's a busy guy. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to read all of his messages, but I thought that was sweet. That is sweet. But yeah, no, I'm not allowed to watch him. Anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) personality changes. So in Ghost Adventures, you'll notice a lot that Zach or Aaron, especially those two, it's happened with Mm -hmm. other ones with the other guys too but mainly those two because they're very sensitive like all of a sudden they'll get mad out of nowhere and they'll threaten each other and they're like no it's like your entire face changed you look different it wasn't you and zach and aaron they'll usually notice too and they'll like step outside and be like i didn't feel right like that's not me i didn't like it so It's usually a burst of anger in like strange movements, ways that you wouldn't normally move. You might not notice it yourself if you're the one having a personality change, but the people around you will notice. So if you notice somebody else having a personality change, get the fuck away from them. Don't stay near them because you never know if it's a demon. I know. It's scary. Uh, My husband, Matthew, he is very prone to that kind of thing because he's super sensitive too. And one day he came home from work and he walked in the door and my dog, Captain, ran to the door with his hackles up, just snarling and barking. And he wouldn't go too close to him. Like he kept his distance, but was like standing his ground, barking at him. And Matt was like, oh my God, bud, what's the matter? Why are you doing that? And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. Call him Cassie. (laughs) That's when you told me about the jar spell. Because I'm like, uh, nope, not good. No, especially with Matt because he is really sensitive too. And another thing to watch for is really bad dreams. Mm-hmm. And I know he gets really bad dreams. I do too, where you'll wake up screaming. Did yeah. Matt rip off his shirt? Yeah, he did. I, I woke up out of a dead sleep to him like rushing out of bed. It, my first thought was that somebody was trying to get in the house or something. And he got out of bed and he just stands up and he goes, Rah! and like ripped off his shirt. Literally ripped it off. And he's Hulk just like, out. Ah, ah. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, honey, like, it's okay. What's going on? And he just looks at me and he's like, I don't know. Like, oh no. What's happening? Yeah, he didn't even remember that he did it, but he woke up when he was standing up and breathing all crazy and not good. That's definitely another sign that your house might be haunted. Yeah, or you have an attachment. Exactly. And hauntings aren't always like an entity or like a demon spirit. It could be residual energies too. Yes, very true. Things repeating themselves, kind of like a playback, different dimension. Yeah, caught in a time loop. Yeah. It just peeks through sometimes when it's right. Exactly. There's a bunch of different ways that you could have an idea, like faucets turning on by themselves too is another one. I've had that happen here. You do have that happen. It's super random. Maybe it's happened four times since I've lived here and I've lived here for... I want to say six years now but yeah it's only happened like four times but it's completely out of nowhere and i'm like i'm the only one here and i know i didn't leave the fucking faucet on i never leave the faucet on who does that who leaves the 
goddamn faucet on besides your kids. Yeah, besides the kids, exactly. Or drunk people. And I wasn't drunk. <laughs> so what do you got with your little spookies? Spoo. Well, so I lived in a haunted house once. But before I tell it, I will have to say trigger warning here for suicide. So if you need to skip it, there is your fair warning. But I moved into a duplex in town. And the funny thing is, is when I went to go see the place before I moved in, the energy felt really great. I loved it. It felt super open, good vibes. So I'm not really sure still exactly what went on here, but... I moved in, and that's where I met Tabitha. Uh, She lived upstairs with her boyfriend at the time and her kids. So she had the upstairs. I had, like, the middle floor, and there was a little bit of a finished basement. And we shared a two-car garage. So Tabby and I, we became close. Our kids played together. I think it was just Corey at the time because I was pregnant with Sherry in this house. You had Sherry there too, though, because when we stayed with you, Sherry was a little bean. Yes. But when I first moved in there, I was pregnant with her. I was very pregnant with her. That makes sense. Yeah. But the first weird thing that I noticed was that I just started to feel really uncomfortable in the bedroom. I had trouble sleeping. I had nightmares, like you mentioned as a sign of those kind of things sometimes. And I kind of just chalked it up to being pregnant. You know, I was miserable having weird dreams. That can also be a thing with pregnancy as well. But it got to a point where I actually started sleeping on the couch and I would sleep there just fine. So I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to start sleeping on the couch. And then I only really went into the bedroom like to get dressed. I didn't think a whole lot of it until one spring day. You know, it was finally nice out coming out of winter. I had all the windows open, cleaning. It's just a good, fresh energy. And I was folding laundry on the couch. And I remember hearing my name. It sounded far away, but right in my ear. It was very strange. I didn't have any TVs or radios or anything on. I'm not much of a TV person. You know, I was just kind of enjoying the the wind and the birds and that kind of thing. But really, it sounded like Tabitha's voice calling for me. So the windows were open. So I thought maybe she was out in the yard with the kids and calling for me. Or maybe we had a neighbor with the same name. So I kind of chalked it up to that. But I was like, well, I'll just go see if Tabby's outside. I go outside expecting to see her, but there's no one out there. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. Was she even home? I don't remember if she was that time or not, but uh, that's why I was just kind of like brushed it off. It wasn't that big of a deal, and it was the first time that it had happened. So things started to escalate a little bit after that, though. I was very pregnant, super tired all the time, taking naps on the couch all the time. One time in particular, I was on the verge of falling asleep, and it was a pretty common thing for Tabby and I to just kind of walk into each other's houses and... You know, we got pretty close. So I hear like a little knock on my side door that opens to the garage. And then I hear footsteps coming towards the living room. And I heard Tabby say, Amanda, are you awake? I started getting up off the couch. I was kind of crabby. I'm like, well, I am now. Like, I was trying to nap. What the fuck, bitch? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, God. I walk into the kitchen. No Tabby. The door is open, so naturally I'm like, Tabby, hello, nothing. I shut the door and I texted Tabby and I was like, did you need something? And she's like, um, no, I'm at work, why? I'm like, well, you didn't come down and you didn't just come down and ask if I was sleeping? She's like, no, I'm at work. So I checked the garage thinking maybe she was messing with me because we had a few conversations already at this point about some weird things happening in the house and sure enough, her car is gone. So at this point, I'm like, either this house is haunted or I'm losing my mind. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Perfect for that music because it became much darker than that. <laughs> so one day I hear all this banging upstairs and I text Tabby. Is everything okay? 
she's like, oh, yeah, uh, the girls are, they're being rambunctious, jumping off the bunk bed. And I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to make sure, you know, because it was quite loud. And Tammy's girls' bedroom was directly above my bedroom. But it was so loud I could hear it in the living room, which wasn't far from the bedroom. But then Tabby was telling me about how her oldest girl started having nightmares, waking up screaming in the night. Mm. She slept on the top bunk. I remember that. And she was probably about five or six at the time. And I guess one night she had such a nightmare that she tore off the wooden railing in her sleep from the bed. And she was like ready to fight with it. And Tabby had to go in there and calm her down because she was screaming and swinging this railing around that she tore off the bed. And Tabitha was like, oh, my God, like it was pretty sturdy, too. So it was pretty crazy. Then I started hearing that banging again for like half the freaking day. And I was like, Tabby, I think the girls are jumping off the bed again. And she's like, no, we thought it was you playing with the kids. Like we're watching a movie on the couch. And she sent me a picture. So... Tabby went into the bedroom and it stopped. So at this point, we're getting concerned. She tries to tell her boyfriend about it, but these things like never seem to happen when he's home and he thinks we're making shit up, doesn't believe in any of this at all. Oh, you crazy girls. You crazy girls. Now you're scaring the kids. Knock it off. Like I've never experienced anything here. Right. But then one of my brothers, he went through a particularly nasty divorce. He moved in with me for a bit because we had an extra little bedroom in the basement. And that bedroom happened to be directly below my bedroom. So it's all kind of in a line, these bedrooms. And he started having a lot of issues with that bedroom as well. He couldn't sleep, had nightmares. And then one day he came, he comes upstairs and he tells me that there are wasps in his room. I hadn't seen any in the rest of the house. I went down to the bedroom, didn't see any. But I think it was the very next night, my brother runs up the stairs, just yelling, freaking out. And he had a wasp in his hand, dead. He found it in his shorts that he was sleeping in. Inside his freaking shorts. Okay. Crawled right up in there. Crawled right up in there. He woke up to a freaking wasp in his shorts. Fuck that. How scary. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. <laughs> Ball sting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops, ouchie balls. <laughs> I never told him of all the weird stuff that happened because I knew he'd kind of just poo-poo me. I called the landlord. He called an exterminator out there. They couldn't find a nest, but they sprayed for wasps anyway. And then my brother, he started having weird experiences down there, too. He wouldn't really elaborate, but he asked if he could sleep on the couch for a few nights instead of sleeping downstairs. So I was like, okay, I had to sleep in my bedroom where I would have nightmares and wake up sweating still. And I had already had Sherry at this point, so I can't really chalk it up to pregnancy anymore. And then my brother, he would just kind of start staying with friends more and more until he just moved out because he didn't want to be there anymore. And then during the process of him moving out, you came to stay with me for like a week or so because you guys were making a long distance move and I was about the halfway point. My mom was being a fucking bitch. Yeah, she (laughs) was. And you stayed in that little bedroom downstairs where Carl had stayed. And I know that you had some experiences down there, too. Sure did. So did Emma. She would never be down there by herself. Even if she was sound fucking sleep. Literally three minutes after I would come upstairs and like start trying to clean up the kitchen or making food or something. And she was like six months old at that time. Yeah, she was itty. She was really little. She wasn't a Mm -hmm. year old yet because our girls aren't that far apart, really. No. But no, she would start screaming and crying. You couldn't leave her down there alone. Even if she was sound asleep and like I didn't make any noise coming upstairs. I used to have nightmares down there too. And didn't you guys find a bat? You did. After we left. You did after we left. And I was like, that is fucked up. Because how would it get under there? Like, how would it get between the box spring and the mattress? The box spring. They don't just crawl inside shit like that. I mean, they do, but it's... They crawl into small spaces, but... In the ceiling. You're right. How would they get between a box spring and a mattress? I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but it's fucking weird. And it was there for a minute, too, because it was, like, petrified. And it just... That energy just seemed to fester in that 
basement bedroom and just like shoot straight up through the other two bedrooms. It was just weird. But you guys left, uh, moved out to your new place and the banging escalated to where it sounded like someone was like stomp running up and down the front entrance stairs. So there's the garage door and then there was a front door with a little porch on the opposite side, yeah. Where you either enter to my part or there's a door to go upstairs to Tabby's house. And those were the stairs that we would hear it on. And it was next to the bedrooms, those stairs were. So we would both hear it, open the door, it would stop. And there was nothing that we could see. And Tabby's boyfriend at the time was like, you girls are crazy, you know, still not believing us. So I had enough. My son started having nightmares as well. He wouldn't sleep alone. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm done. There was a place that opened up next to my cousin Jenny, which we're very close. So I was like, heck with this. Got out of my lease there fairly quickly because there were other people who wanted to rent the place and I moved out. It was a really young couple that moved in. I think the girl was pregnant at the time too. Um, and I still went over there to see Tabby. There were still scary things happening And she was telling me about how this young couple had started having issues in their relationship and they would argue a lot. They would also confide in her about it. The girl ended up leaving the guy and they broke up and the girl was moving out. She had her mom coming to help her make trips, get all of her things. And I believe Tabby was at work this day and her boyfriend was at home. So her boyfriend recalls hearing all of this banging for the first time at the front of the house that day. He figures it's noise from the girl moving out. But what was actually happening was that the girl left with her mom with a load of her things. She came back for more through the back garage area. Meanwhile, the banging is still happening at the front of the house. As she returns, she recalls hearing it as well. So nobody suspects anything. There's, you know, we're moving things. And then Tabitha's boyfriend at the time, John, recalls the girl came running up the stairs to his back entrance, screaming, crying, hysterical, and telling him to get a knife. He was confused and he's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on here. So he follows her down to her place and walks through the door. And when you walk through that door, if you turn to your right, there's stairs that go down into the basement. There's not a lot of stairs. And there's just kind of like a little banister railing on the side that separates the stairs from the kitchen. A half wall. Yeah, like a half wall. So he walks through the door, looks over and realizes what's happening is that the boy had hung himself. But he... He hung himself from that banister with an extension cord. But the thing is, is that the extension cord was actually longer than what it took to reach the banister to the basement floor. They're not very tall stairs. Um, So it was like he really had to try to do it. Like he had leaned into it. It was Uh. very sad. So she was asking for a knife because she wanted him to bring it to cut him down. So John cut him down, called 911, but he recalls that the kid was obviously gone. He was very blue, kind of stiff already, like he'd been gone for a while. And then the banging stopped. So he asks her if she was there, um, referring to all the banging, and she said she had left with a load of stuff, went out to lunch. They had been gone for quite some time. And then she came back and found him. So I think it, it was at that point, that traumatic experience. And that was the time that John experienced that weird banging for himself and realized that it didn't make sense. And then he believed it. But it was very, very sad and very traumatizing. That is terrible. We went in there and... I helped her cleanse both places because the girl had moved out. The boy had sadly committed suicide there. And so it was empty. The landlord let us in there to cleanse. And we lit a pink candle for him at the bottom of the stairs for peace to try and help in some kind of way. So it's, yeah, very sad. Didn't have a great ending. No, but there's definitely negative energy in that place. There was, and I think, I feel like there was something very evil there as well that preyed on vulnerability and 
it just gained power and escalated. Because mm-hmm. I know John and Tabby broke up not long after that as well, and he moved out east. So, I mean, I don't... I never like even just driving anywhere near there because I can still feel it. It's still there. It's just not a good place. Yeah, no. Icky. But if I knew then what I know now, I would know how to banish. How do you banish? Well, you actually taught me this. It's that jar spell. Oh, I love the jar spell. The jar spell? is I've used it a few times now, unfortunately. <laughs> get, get, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I ain't playing around. I had that experience. I don't wait for things to escalate. Goodbye. If you don't listen, bye. But you use it, obviously, a jar for a jar spell. I use those little tiny cork vial things, too, are pretty easy to use. I like the mini moonshine bottles. Yes, with the screw tops. They're cute. They are cute. So you could use like a a poke of blood or fingernail clippings or hair or something of the person that you're trying to protect. Ear hair. Ear ear hair. Belly button fuzz. Belly button lint. Yes. It's my belly button. My belly, belly 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 button. button. Don't pretend like it's nothing because my belly belly button is really, really something. something. <laughs> I love it. Rhett and Link. I know, it's so catchy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. You could use like a red wine or vinegar or something with the intention of like drowning it in. I use wine and I drink a little bit and keep some in my mouth and then I spit it into the jar. Okay. So your spit's in it too. Sure. That makes sense. And then some needles or I've used thorns before too, and that's to kind of trap them down in there. I use both. Nails you can use as well. Anything sharp. And then you could put a little bit of black salt on top to also help trap that negativity and grossness in the jar. Um, anything else that you would add? Uh, whatever feels right, but just make sure you leave the jar open for a while. So whatever is attached to you or likes fucking with you basically goes into that jar. It's kind of like a genie. Oh, yeah. Just don't rub it. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Seal that bitch. Seal that bitch <laughs> with some black wax. Any kind of wax will do. Yeah. Bury it in your naughty spirit graveyard. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, you grew up next to a spooky house that we used to play in all the time. That's a pretty interesting story. Very creepy. You should tell us. I will tell you. But I think that whole area back there, the land, I mean, it was the Ojibwe Indians land. And there was Native American wars that happened around there. And then there were the gangs that moved into the area too, Al Capone and all of that. That's also true. And then it was a potato farm for a long time. So if you think about it, if there were wars and gang related activities, there's dead bodies around the lake and on these hills, and then they're growing potatoes out of this fucking dirt. <laughs> Eat the potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> these people potatoes. Um, so it was just weird. And then they planted a bunch of pine trees all in rows and that gave this dirt dead end road a super creepy vibe to begin with. And my grandparents built the second house on that road and there were only two houses on that road until the old Martin house was built. And so that would have been the third house that was built on that road. And then years after that, all that land started getting sold off and they're building like summer cabins, hunting cabins, lake cabins. And like I eventually ended up like my parents built a house. I was 10 years old. And so we lived a quarter of a mile down the road from my grandparents. So it was probably three lots down. At the bottom of the hill was the old Martin house. And then at the top of the hill was my house. And then the hill went down again and it went, you know, eventually to my grandparents' house. But the old Martin house. Ever since I can remember visiting my grandparents when I was little, it always had this 
really weird, creepy vibe. My grandparents called it the old Martin house, so that's what I'm going to call it too. They knew the true owners of the house and the land, but those owners hadn't lived in the house for many years from my understanding. Once the owners came to visit my grandparents and they were wearing suits and driving a limo. What? Yeah. I try to talk to my mom about this and she doesn't remember or like just won't tell me. She's really weird about that stuff. She is. Yeah. But I remember like it was super exciting for me. But thinking about it now, like they let me sit in the limo and they were like these big guys. They were kind of like men in black. Almost like there were no women. I think it was like three guys, but I could be remembering incorrectly. But I think it was like three guys. Like maybe one was the driver and the other two were like brothers or something that had owned the property. And they were visiting your grandpa and he was a cop. He used to be a sheriff in Milwaukee. Okay. But there's also been rumors of mob ties. And they used to be friends with these people until they found out some deep, dark family secrets. And then they didn't like my grandpa after that. Oh. Back to the Martin house. Okay. So all the adults would tell us to stay away from the house for reasons like it's dangerous. There's broken glass. There's rabid animals living in the walls. You could fall through the floor. Did we listen? No. Hell no. No. Sneaky sneak. We would wander. (laughs) We would wander in. We still don't listen. Fuck no. I'm going to do what I want. I like to be naughty. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So we would like wander in and dig through all the neat things that had been left behind. It always gave me like that weird dark vibe though. Just driving past it would make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But it was obvious that the family left in a hurry without taking any of their belongings. There was food still in the fridge. There was driver's licenses. Why would you leave your fucking driver's license? That's really weird. Family pictures and clothes. Yep. Clothes. Everything. Brand new packs of diapers. If you had a baby, why would you leave that? Like half finished schoolwork, art supplies. It was like they just up and dipped. They left food. Fucking everything. Like now. It was nothing but the clothes on their backs. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was never cleaned out and it was just left as it was to go back into nature. And I think these people had rented out the house and just left all their shit. They came back like eight months later though and they tried to burn it down. That's right. This was before I'd gone adventuring in there. This was before I was even a thought. It was just those three houses, my grandparents, the people who had lived down there before them, and then this house. And my grandpa was coming home one day from getting supplies or whatever from town. And he said that there was this huge fucking bonfire like right next to the house. The flames were licking the roof of this like shed or workshop area. So that was almost on fire. He called the fire department. They came and put it out. And I just like thought that was pretty weird too. It's not even your house, but you come back eight months later and try to burn it down. Try to burn it down with all your shit in it. All right. There were still scorch marks on the awning thing that comes down. And you could see where the pile of shit was that they had pulled out to burn. Yep. To burn the house that they didn't own. Fucking weird. I've never been able to get a clear answer about that. And I don't know if they were ever charged. Like, I really don't know who these people are. Nobody talks about it anymore. Can't find it online because it was so long ago. But there's something going on in that house. Something icky going on in that house. I don't know if it was an entity or if it was like the residual energies, not just of the people who live there, but also the land itself growing potatoes out of people. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a particular time I had horses and I would get up really early, like between four and five in the morning. And I would go and muck the stalls and I'd let the horses out and feed them and stuff and just spend time with them. Well, one morning, it was Christmas Eve, I'm pretty sure. And I went out the back door 
I looked over and since it was winter time, the trees weren't all bushy. So I could see that house and it looked like there were lights on in the house. There was no electricity. No, it was abandoned for a long time before that. It was disconnected, but I remember seeing lights on it. It didn't look like a flashlight. It was like all the windows were illuminated. And I rubbed my eyes and I'm like, oh, am I just tired? I was like, no, that's fucking weird. And I watched it for a long time to see if the lights would move like it was a fucking flashlight or a candle or something, you know, a lantern. No. Somebody messing around in there or something. Mm -hmm. And then when the sun came up, there wasn't any trace of it. It was just weird. I don't know who is with me at whatever time, but I got to talk about the bones. First, I found small bones in the fireplace. The furnace. There was like a little door that you could open and there were small bones. I don't think they were fucking chicken bones. They were bigger than that and they weren't like hollow bird bones. And I really hope. They weren't fucking baby bones. Oh my God, that's a terrible thought. Because who knows? I don't know. But there were also bones in the well. If you walked through the breezeway, which connected the house portion, which was a two-story house, no basement, there was a breezeway in between the house and then that shop area that they tried to burn down. And you go straight through there. There was a square well, maybe like... Three feet by three feet, and it didn't go down very deep, maybe five feet, but there was a bag that was filled with something. It was floating, and you could see the bones, and they were decent-sized bones. So yeah, naturally, we poked them with a stick. <laughs> we should go out there and we should check it out and see if it's still fucking in there and like grab something that we can like scoop shit out because i want to get yeah. it out of there because i don't i don't believe it was fucking deer bones so yeah it's really creepy to us we told my parents and at first they seemed weirded out by it And then my stepdad said that he threw his deer bones in the well after he shot the deer. Who does that? Why? You don't do that. You string your deer up and then you cut it and you fucking eat it. And you don't put the, you don't go onto somebody else's property to dispose of your deer guts and shit. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. If you're going to dispose of a deer carcass after it's already been processed and everything, you've gotten the meat off of it and like taken what you wanted, just fucking leave it in the woods. Yeah. We had enough property. Yeah. Why would you go behind somebody else's house and dig a hole or be back there to find a hole and decide to throw it in there. It wasn't a dugout hole. It was a well. Yeah. So why would you, why would you do that? And not only that, but they were bare bones. They were already well decomposed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't make any sense. And I'm pretty sure that he hadn't even gotten a deer. Like, I feel like he only got a deer once in the fucking 19 years he was with my mom. And I'm pretty sure he didn't throw it in the goddamn well. Like, that was a fucking lie. It was weird. And even if he did, why the fuck would you do that? What is what is wrong with you? (laughs) It's stupid. That's not something that a normal adult would do. They just didn't want us poking around. And if we weren't allowed to play in the house because it was dangerous and we were trespassing, why would a fucking adult go back there and put a deer carcass in a well? Yeah, why would you drag it out there? Those are still heavy. We had plenty of land back behind the horse pasture. Yeah, the vultures will get it. Exactly. Just let the animals pick it apart. It was a lie. The more I think about it, the more I call bullshit. Yeah. Well, then the siding of the house, it was shaved tree bark, basically. Like it was built kind of like a cabin. And so we are just being destructive little fucks and we started pulling up the siding on the back of the house right next to where that well was and there's cinder blocks 
those big square blocks that are hollow in the middle you use for a foundation. And then there's a crawl space underneath the house. So we pulled up the siding and shoved in the dirt in the middle of those cinder blocks was knives and scalpels. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. It was built into the wall. So they shoved knives and scalpels in there and then they put on the siding? Yeah, somebody was trying to hide something. Like you don't... Uh, it's not intended for anybody to find. No, because what are the odds of some children going back there? But this was years after it was built. But I also want to talk about this man who lived in the woods on a lot behind <gasps> our property. Oh, yeah. He would burn crosses into the pine trees and walk around with a Bible. At one time, he tried to convert an old school bus into a living place for himself. But when I stumbled across that, the bus was quite dilapidated and dangerous looking. My mom suggested that he might have squatted in the old Martin house. Who knows? Sure. On one occasion, my cousin and I made a Ouija board out of cardboard. And we snagged one of my mom's clear ashtrays to like flip it over. (laughs) Clever. And slowly we crept upstairs and sat in the middle of the floor in the living space and tried to conduct our own little seance because we were like, I don't know. Like it, it was always just creepy. And I honestly, I can't remember if anything happened at that time. But there were many occasions where we would hear footsteps when it was just me and her in the house or bangs. Ew whispers Mm. and whatever we would tell our parents they'd be like oh there's squirrels in the wall and you shouldn't be in there anyway (laughs) squirrels in the wall there were raccoons in there at one point we had to baby raccoons come up to our house looking at our chickens anyway (laughs) (laughs) there was one upstairs room in particular with a torn apart hole in the ceiling that absolutely terrified me you remember that room I do, vividly. I never wanted to go into that room. It was the most uncomfortable place. And we would dare each other to go in there Mm -hmm. and stay for certain amounts of time. Like, oh, I dare you to be in there for five minutes. But before going in that room, one time, I think it was Bradley who dared me to go in this particular time. And he was laughing at me because I was so scared. I remember sweating like it was running down my arm and like my sweater I was like I don't want to so I just stood in front of the door to build up my courage and I saw a soft black mist float down from the ceiling and it started to get darker and darker like less transparent at first it was like regular smoke and a gray smoke and then it turned black and a figure appeared like it was connected to the ceiling And I couldn't make out any features, but I was terrified that I refused to go in. I ran down the stairs and out of the house and back to the road where my older cousin laughed at me and ran after me, calling me a chicken. Tell him to spend the night in there since he's so brave. None of us were ever brave enough to do that shit. Like we always talked about it. It's demolished now. Which kind of makes me sad. The dead-end dirt road is no longer a dirt road. It's still a dead-end, but it's blacktop now. They demolished that house. But there's a pile of wood and debris, and I'm wondering if that well is still back there, and I want to check it out, but pretty fucking sure that place was haunted. I think so. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Didn't you tell your mom that one time, and she got mad at you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's my story and I'm sticking sticking to it. it. I don't think she realized it was a song. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so either. Since you can't go to that house anymore because it's no longer a house, there is a house you could go to. I don't want to go. And I don't think you would go either, honestly. I think crazy fucking people go but it's like a haunted house like for halloween haunted house but it's extreme it's called the mckamey manor it's in san diego california it's so fucked up it's less like a halloweeny haunted house and more like survival horror i know what one you're talking about i've watched the documentaries on that fucking psycho piece of shit who makes people pay for this 
Hell no. I know. Hell no. Would I do that? No. And it's a year-round thing. There's this huge waiting list for it. And you have to sign a liability waiver. And it's like an eight-hour experience. And they, like, kidnap you from the line. And they, quote, unquote, use simulated aggression. No, they don't. They fucking punch you in the face. They make people bleed. They'll pull your fingernails off. Yeah, they literally assault you. You agree to it. They drown you. Yeah, they have, um, what is it? They have volunteers that work there that admit that they like to take out their pent-up aggression and shit out on these people. It's terrible. Yeah, they'll kidnap you. They'll torture you. They'll tie you up. There was somebody that, like, vomited, and they made them eat their own vomit, Mm -hmm. and they force-feed you and put your head underwater, threaten you with weapons, put nasty shit like snakes and whatever, and they'll block you in coffins, fucking bury you. No, it's disgusting. I think they're fucking psychos, and the people who do this, don't do it. Don't give these people money. Like, you can't tap out. You're not allowed to tap out. No, there's no safe word. They torture you. Keep on going. Yeah. If you want to be tortured, do that with somebody you trust. Don't do it with these fucking psycho strangers. I'm sorry. They're terrible people. I don't like them. I don't either. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I think that a lot of these people that sign up for it really didn't know what they were truly getting themselves into. Like they thought, I think more it was like a such a scary haunted house that you had to sign a waiver. Ooh, well, no, these people beat you and shit. Put graveyard dirt in their shoes. I hope somebody does. They're terrible people. <laughs> I like being scared. Don't beat me up. Don't touch me. Even if you do touch me, just touch me a little. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hurt me. Don't touch me a lot. What do you call a haunted house drenched in gasoline? (laughs) Uh, The burning man. (laughs) Petrol fide. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Our house is being haunted by a manic depressive ghost. I call it our Bipolar Geist. (laughs) (laughs) Cassie two jokes. That's all I've got. (laughs) Cassie two jokes. There she is. She made her appearance twice. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Did you get it? Did you get it? (laughs) I don't know. Don't try to kill the fairy. It's not a fairy. It's a bug. Okay. Brought it in with my plan. If it is a fairy, it wouldn't let you kill it anyway. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) At least with ghosts and stuff, there are things that you can do to take care of that if you feel like your house is haunted. Trying to get a real person out is a little different, so thankfully, we don't have to talk about that part of it. But if you wanted to cleanse your home from a ghosty ghost or negative energies or bad vibes, how would you go about that? I got some tips and tricks. I don't know if it'll get rid of it, but you can at least chase it into a closet. (laughs) Just be stronger than their energy. Project confidence. Say, come, come. Get in my closet. You work for me now. (laughs) Um, Sage. Sage will cleanse all energies. But it doesn't... eh, None of these methods really guarantee that you're going to get rid of whatever it is. It depends on how powerful it is. But it definitely helps. So Sage gets rid of all energies and then you just project your positivity into your home palo santo wood yeah it cleanses the negative energy and it brings in the good energy i think you should talk about your home protection thing that you made that makes your house glow oh i will talk about that i'll get there Okay. (laughs) Get it real nice and smoky and go around, open your windows so you have a place to shoo all that bad energy out. Crisscross the windows, crisscross your mirrors. Get it out of there. I have kind of a neat little thing about cleansing your home that I'd like to share. Disclaimer though, of course, there are certain herbs and essential oils that can be toxic to pets or that shouldn't be used while you're pregnant or... Don't do shit that you don't know what you're doing. Do your own research. Don't be stupid. Okay? So these are just suggestions. You do your own research on your own ingredients. So you will need holy water or a cleansing spray. You can make one with water and a little drops of essential oils such as cedarwood, cypress, lemon, lime, bergamot, 
put some herbs in there. You got your sage, rosemary, sweet grass, whatever you want to use. <laughs> so you will gather some taper candles, like the long taper candles. Get enough that you have one for each room, including your hallways, plus one extra. And it doesn't really matter what color they are, but I would use white or black. But they do call for the extra one that you have should be a white one. Bathe the candles in your cleansing water and sit them out to dry. Then you would put a candle in each room, including your hallways, and sprinkle a little bit of dust from that room onto the candle. Oh, I haven't heard of this before. No, I hadn't either. Then you go outside, light your white taper candle, and then go through the front door with the candle held in front of you and go to each room and light the candle that's in the room with your white taper candle and let some of the wax drip onto the room candle before you move on. So then when you're done, you go back to the front door and blow out the candle that you have with you and go back through the rooms in the same order that you lit them in and blow out the candles. Break your white taper candle in half and throw all of the candles in the trash and take the trash outside. Get out of my house. I like breaking it, throwing it away. Fuck you, you garbage. Yeah, <laughs> snap it. I also have one that I thought was really cool. It would take a long time because it's almost like you would do it with your spring cleaning. It's like a deep spiritual energy cleanse. You know how you get dust bunnies behind your stove and your fridge? You know, you can also get stagnant energy stuck under the couch and behind the fridge as well. Uh-huh. So if you want to take care of that and do a nice fresh spring cleaning, you will need... A picture of a scavenger animal, like a vulture, raccoon, coyote. Get some crystals. You could use quartz, amethyst, citrine, black tourmaline, whatever tickles your fancy. Grab some of your fresher dried herbs, rosemary, sage, sweetgrass, basil, the huge. And then you'll want a sage, rosemary, or sweetgrass bundle to smoke cleanse with. You will need a bowl of salt water and then a shit ton of salt. You will also need a lighter, a broom, and a candle. Start by doing your spring cleaning, including your floors and everything, and then you would walk around the house and clap to stir up that stagnant energy. And then you would want to set up an altar in a central place in your home, put the scavenger picture behind the candle, and encircle the candle with crystals Place your herbs in between the crystals and then put salt in a circle around your altar. Try to kind of meditate a little bit, invoke your scavenger spirit with the intention of just completely cleansing your home. Light your candle with the intention of purification and that when the candle is put out, your circle is closed and no negative or stagnant energy will remain. Then sprinkle the floors with salt. You could use baking soda on the carpet if you have carpet. And then sweep and vacuum from the northwest part of the house to the southeast with the intention of sweeping away negative energy and that only the good may remain. And then you'll throw your swept and vacuumed up salt and baking soda in the garbage and take that shit outside. Get out. Get, get, get. Put some of your herbs in the salt water bowl and kind of sprinkle, flick it around your home counterclockwise with the intention of cleansing and banishing negative energy. Okay. And you're doing this by the power of earth and water with the water and the salt and the herbs. And then you light your bundle, smoke cleanse, and you're doing this with the help of fire and air. So you're including the elements in this one. And then you can sit and kind of meditate a little bit in front of the candle, thank the scavenger animal spirit, and then blow out the candle. And it is done. I like that. And I like how you go into detail about everything. Like for me, (laughs) what I do is I just put all the essential oils in some water and mix it around with some vinegar, fucking spritz my walls. Spritz my floors, burn whatever I feel like burning. Cedar. I like to burn cedar, too. I just make an indoor fire in my cauldron and throw in. <laughs> you do? I throw in whatever I feel like throwing in. Oh, this will help with this. I'm gonna sprinkle some cascarilla in there. Cascarilla. Oh, yeah. Cascarilla. Cascarilla. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's chicken eggs. Any kind of eggs. 
Chicken eggs. Yeah, you smush it up. Cockatiel eggs. Smush it up. Yeah, I make a protection powder too. Yes, you do. And I put that in my shit as well. Sprinkle it on top of candles. Putting a black Mm -hmm. candle in a bowl of salt. Just digging it in there and then putting all your stones and, you know, rose hips, sage, and whatever else. Burning that candle to the ground. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. Get, get, get. Get out of my house or get in my closet. The protection powder is actually really easy to make if you wanted to make it. And there's no real set recipe. It's basically a bunch of herbs for protection and banishment mixed in with cornstarch as like a filler. So you get a little more volume out of it. I like to use some bay leaves, oregano, peppermint, sage, black pepper. I use cascarilla in that as well. Lavender. Lavender. Yes. Cayenne, basil, whatever you want to put in there. pepper. Oh, yeah. Black pepper is a good one. You can use it to sprinkle it around the outside of your home or objects that you wish to protect. Uh, You can put it in a red or black charm bag or in an amulet, like those little bottle amulets for personal protection as well. So if you're going to go be naughty and go to an abandoned house that's creepy, you have that for yourself to be protected. That's perfect. Thank you. I will definitely be doing that cleansing. Well, and then I also made a, it's like a home guardian of sorts. I really made it for my husband um, when he was having all those nightmares and issues. It's just something that's meant to protect your space. And it's a very strong boundary. I put a lot of work and energy into it and that kind of reflects. It puts that shit out there. It projects it. Yeah, it's like a bubble. Yeah. But didn't somebody say they could see your house glowing from the street? Yeah, my uh, one of my husband's friends, who's not really into any any of this kind of stuff, but he had told Matt one day that he was kind of freaked out because he was driving past our house and it was kind of dark out, like that dusky time of day, and that our house just had like this glow around it. And he was like, dude. Matthew, why is your house glowing? I'm like, oh, that's just my home guardian doing its job. Protecting. Yeah, protecting. It's like a dream catcher. I learned how to make a dream catcher and I put little stone beads in it and I glued some dried flowers that my husband had gotten for me and some feathers and shells and sea glass like to hang as the strings so it's pretty cool you could do something like that and you could do it with pretty much any object that you wanted to you just have to put your own energy and work into it and intention check out our instagram at two t-o-o drunk witches we'll share a picture of our home protection things yes yes so check it out check it out If you wanted to conjure your very own haunted house, how would you do that, Cassandra? I'm going to call this a murder house. And it's translated from Spanish, so forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't forget, don't make this drink unless you are 21 or older. Well, two ounces of tequila. It says one ounce of fresh lime juice, but I would put that whole lime in there. Just squeeze the whole lime. Like you're squeezing a juicy booty. Just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might hurt your fingers, but. <laughs> Worth it. It's satisfying. <laughs> Put in a half ounce of apple cider vinegar shrub. <laughs> so don't ask. I don't know. What is it? Okay. You said not to ask. Got it. What's a vinegar shrub? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds really nasty. The next one is kind of confusing, too. One bar spoon of apple butter (laughs) infused agave nectar. Oh, my. One bar spoon. Oh, so a bar spoon. I was thinking like a soap bar. (laughs) You might have to try and connect with the spirits in your haunted house to translate this recipe for us. Mm -hmm. Four murdered apple chunks. It doesn't say murdered. (laughs) They're muddled. (laughs) I love it. 
I liked murdered better. Murdered is better, yes. Apple cider shrub foam. <laughs> Just for garnish. It's a murder house drink. Black strap molasses for garnish. <laughs> to garnish. Murder those apple chunks in the bottom of a mixing glass. Shake all the ingredients <laughs> together with ice and double strain it. Put in a rocks glass over ice. Top with more apple cider bush foam and drizzle with molasses. <laughs> that sounds really gross. <laughs> shrub. I'm sorry. Not bush. It's a shrub. If anybody makes this and tries it, please let us know. Yeah, tag us on Instagram. Please. I gotta see it. I think we should make this the next time we get together. Oh, we should. We're gonna murder those apple chunks. I will have an instructional video. We're gonna find those cider shrubs. (laughs) There's probably one right next to your garage. We can make it a TikTok. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned this time for Sherry's Spooky Tips. Spooky Tips? Hey, when I was in my room... And I was watching my tablet. The karaoke machine fell over when no one was even near it. Phantom ghosts can possess people from going into their bodies. Sometimes murders kill people near the sewers where no one's looking. Wayne's World. Showing! Party time! Excellent! I want to say fabulous, but that's not it. <laughs> fabulous. No, excellent! Fabulous! fabulous. No! <laughs> that's wrong. Watch Wayne's World again. Uh, I know Garth. it's wrong, but... Cassandra. <laughs>